All right, all right, here we go. Refuge Podcast, thank you for joining me as we are going straight through the scripture. We're in season two. We're going through the book of James. So glad that you've taken time out of your day to join me. I am so excited to be able to continue to look at this amazing book in the Bible. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying healthy. Uh, With all that's going on, there seems to be a lot of hopelessness in the world. A lot of things that are affecting our mental health, our soul, our spirit. Many things coming at us right now. And my prayer is for you. I pray that God would continue to sustain you as you look to Him. If you don't know God, I pray that you'd come to know Him, that you'd be saved from your sin and come into a relationship with the Lord and live for eternity with Him. So if you would, join me as we look in chapter 2. Now, remember, as we've been going through James, James is a straight shooter. He packs a heavy punch as he shares. He gets directly to the point. That's one of the things I love about James. He doesn't care about our feelings or if, you know, how we're going to accept this. It's He says, hey, this is the truth. This is God's word. This is what's happening. And this is the way it needs to be. And what James specifically focuses on is the idea that the Christian is to have a life that's lived from the inside being changed to an outward change that leads to a life that is lived in the holiness of God, that lives in the purity of God's calling upon someone's life to be a Christian. And that's where James focuses much of his time. He focuses on, like he said last time, to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer because of those dangers of deception, deceiving ourselves into thinking that we're doing the right thing before God when we're not, that we have a love for God when we really don't. That's where James focuses his ministry in his letter on, is making sure that we're not living a self-deceived life but that we are truly born again, spirit-filled, walking with Jesus, living out that vibrant calling that God has on our life to be in a wonderful relationship with the Lord. And so we're going to look at today, a quick devotional thought in chapter 2, on not favoring one person above another. And so the Christian life as we have been learning, is a life of treating everyone with dignity, with respect, being image bearers of God, our fellow man, regardless of skin color, of culture, of where someone went to school, how much money they have. Regardless of any of those things, a Christian looks at people on a level playing field that we all need to come with our life before the cross of Jesus to be saved, to be born again, and to have our lives changed by Jesus. So that's our perspective. And for many of us, and I feel very convicted as I was reading this this week and preparing for this, that I need to take a heart check. In this moment in my life, I need to say, am I treating people differently because they're not like me? They don't think like me. They don't talk like me. They didn't go to the same school that I went to or... In my case, did do they go to the same church that I go to? Well, if they don't go to the same church, then they must not be that high of a believer. 
all these prejudices exist in the heart of people. Even Christians that are walking with God have to take a step back and make sure that we are not part of the problem, but we're part of the solution. That we are looking at people with the eyes of God, the eyes of Jesus. And the Bible says that God has no partiality. That everyone can come to him. That everyone can receive the grace of God if they come to the cross with faith, repentance, with humility. Realizing that they have sinned against the holy God. That God will receive them. And as Christians, it's important that we live this type of life before God. So let's read what James has to say. We'll break down just a few things as we go, all right? So check this out. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality or favoritism. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings, fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you... Pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, Hey man, come sit up here in the good place and say to the poor man, Nah, you stand over there, dude. Sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? I told you, James, he cuts right to the point. Which, by the way, let me say something real quick and, and, and I've been thinking about this a lot, that The Christian gathering should be one of the most inclusive gatherings. And I'm not talking about from a worldly perspective, like we just need to embrace all sinfulness and all uh, lifestyles. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, as a Christian, when it comes to the gathering of God's people, there should be a community of people that are loving and say, anybody can come to the cross of Jesus. If you come in with your life stained by sin, and you come in with your heart in a place of wickedness, which that's all of us anyways, because all of us had to be Christian or non-Christian, we all had to come to the same place. And that's Jesus to be forgiven. And the church should be a welcoming environment And you know, as James says here, you become judges with evil thoughts. The conviction there is, I would say for the most part, churches are probably some of the most judgmental places on the planet. And it shouldn't be that way among God's people. God's people should be the most welcoming because God welcomed us. God made a place for us at the table to receive the goodness and the grace that we did not deserve. He prepared a meal for us in the presence of our enemies. He gave us a place as the prodigal at, at, the, at the party to enjoy the Father. And who are we to look at somebody who doesn't have a lot of money or doesn't look like they belong and say, man, you don't, you don't, yeah, you, you might want to just take a back seat in this whole thing. James says, man, that's evil. Don't do that. And apparently this must have been happening in the early church for James to say, hey man, this is this is not right. This can't happen. So he says here, uh, let's see, where did I leave off? Listen, my beloved brothers 
has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and the heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law, this is the law of love, by the way, guys. The law of love trumps any other law. According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. And that's what Jesus, when he summed up the law in the Old Testament, he says it's loving God and loving others. God above everything, neighbors as yourself. In the Christian life, there is a continued repeating of learning how to love others that don't look like us or act like us or maybe even get on our nerves. That's what's a, a crazy thing about walking with God. It's, it's radical. It's completely against everything that's in me. Because when, usually when somebody doesn't do what I want them to do, I usually just write them off and say, you know what, uh, do take a back seat. Like this, like the James says here, sit at my footstool, sit at my feet. But the cool thing about being a Christian and what James reminds us of here, that God does a work in our lives to give us a love for others, a concern. And I think that's very important. If we are a Christian and we need to care about every single person that walks this planet, that they come to know God. Jesus would take it a step further and he would even talk about loving your enemies and praying for those who spitefully use you and, and, and are coming against you and persecuting you. And even, you know, I think about the president of the United States and how quirky he is and, and, and many mistakes that he makes. And, uh, and people would even say that he is very um, narcissistic and very prideful, very shameful things. Yet the Bible talks about honoring the king. And praying for those in the leadership and pray. And that's so hard because I don't always agree with certain things that go on. But yet the Christian, the, the church is called to love. And that's a fulfillment of the law of love, the, the royal law. James would say, but you show partiality. You, you commit sin and you're convicted by the law as a transgressor. But notice what he says here. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point. He is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, is also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Yet mercy triumphs over judgment. All right, so let's, let's gather our thoughts around this final one here. James is saying here, okay, so don't show partiality. If you do realize and understand you've broken the law, and in breaking the law, if you're guilty at one point, you're guilty of them all. Because I think for a lot of people, they would say, wait a minute, you know, I feel like I'm a good person, like I've done a good job at trying to take care of people. I'm into... Uh, 
you know, social justice and social change. And I'm into fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. Uh, you know, I, I do as much as I can to give. I am a very religious person. And we come up with all these things that we say we're good at. But what's interesting is is James, he, he puts his finger on something here that I think a lot of people don't realize is he says, this thing about loving people and not being partial, everyone's really guilty of it. And even the best of people in the world, even though they're good at everything else, if they don't show love and show love in the hard places of life to hard people, that they're guilty of the standard of God. And for that, of course, if we're guilty, then that means that God has to judge. But I want you to notice something here as we get drawn into this last little thing. Judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. As we look at the world, I think one of the things that's lacking and I would say especially glaringly obvious in the church, is that there's more judgment than there is mercy. And what James is saying is, yes, we're all guilty of this. Be careful. Love. Have concern for people. Don't show favoritism. But understand something. There can be a reversal in this whole thing. And it all stems from the person of Jesus, who was the most merciful to walk the earth. He is the merciful one. He's the one who grants mercy and gives mercy to those who don't deserve. I deserve everything of judgment. You deserve everything of judgment. And yet, Jesus comes to us with grace and mercy. And that triumphs over any judgment. And, and I, my prayer is out of this little time of devotion that you would see the mercy and the grace and the love of God triumphing over your judgment. Not only the judgment that you deserve, but that I deserve. And the judgmental attitude in heart can be, you know, when I have that towards somebody, God's mercy can melt my heart to help me to give mercy to the one I struggle to give mercy to. So if someone's hard to love in your life, I hope and pray that you'll take time to show mercy to them today.